Section 11 of The Ocean, A General Account of the Science of the Sea. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Oliver King. The Ocean, A General Account of the Science of the Sea by John Murray. Oceanic Circulation, Part 1. In preceding chapters, it has been pointed out that the density of seawater varies with both the salinity and the temperature. In all questions concerning oceanic circulation, the density of the water as dependent on salinity and temperature must be taken into careful consideration. Theoretically, we would expect the densest water to be found at the bottom of the ocean, and this is what actually occurs, as is shown in the following table, giving the mean density for the whole ocean at different depths. This increase of the mean density with depth is almost solely occasioned by the decrease of temperature down to at least 800 fathoms, but at depths of 1500 fathoms and deeper, the increasing density is due both to the slowly diminishing temperature and to the actual increase of the salinity at these great depths. It cannot be doubted that the increased salinity at these greater depths, where the differences of temperature with depth are very small, indicates that the deep waters over the bed of the ocean are derived chiefly from the Antarctic and subantarctic regions, and in a less degree from the Arctic and subarctic regions of the globe. When we consider the density in situ in the different oceans, it becomes evident that density has a most important effect on ocean circulation. The mere fact that seawater is not equally heavy everywhere must be regarded as one of the chief causes of ocean currents. Water being so remarkably mobile, small differences in density result in sensible motion. Density at various depths. At a depth of 100 fathoms, there is a marked difference in the density of the water in the North and South Pacific, the density being much higher in the Western South Pacific than in the North Pacific. In the eastern South Pacific, towards the South American coast, the density is low, and here, in consequence of the southeast trade winds, upwelling is to be expected. The North Atlantic is remarkable for its high density at 100 fathoms, higher than that observed in any other part of the ocean. In the South Atlantic, off the South American coast, the density is high, falling on proceeding eastwards towards the Mid-Atlantic Ridge, while still farther east, density is much lower, evidently in relation to the upwelling towards the African coast. At a depth of 200 fathoms, density is much higher in the north than in the South Atlantic, and higher in the south than in the North Pacific. But in the Pacific, the observations approximate to each other from latitude 30 degrees north to 40 degrees south, the mean being much below that of the North Atlantic. At a depth of 400 fathoms, density is considerably higher in the north than in the South Atlantic, being determined by the descent of the warm salt water of the upper layers to greater depths in the north than in the South Atlantic. In the southwest Pacific, density is higher than elsewhere throughout the Pacific for a similar reason. At 500 fathoms, the density of the water is much higher in the North Atlantic than any elsewhere observed, as also at 600 fathoms, especially to the west of the Canary Islands pointing unmistakably to the undercurrent issuing from the Mediterranean as the source of the remarkably high temperature and salinity overspreading the North Atlantic. At 700 and at 800 fathoms, the same influence is traceable in the high densities recorded to the east of the Azores and to the west of Gibraltar. Prevailing winds. The prevailing winds of the globe and their direct and indirect effects taken in conjunction with the configuration of the land masses are, however, the most powerful agents in originating, giving direction to, and maintaining the circulation of oceanic waters. They undoubtedly originate and maintain the surface currents of the ocean, 
and the influence of these currents is through friction felt to a depth of evidently several hundred fathoms in intertropical regions the prevailing trade winds drive the surface currents westwards to the eastern shores of the continents where accordingly a greater depth of warm water is found occupying the upper layers of the ocean than elsewhere except where the rainfall is abnormally heavy this water not only is very warm but has acquired from evaporation a salinity much higher than the general average of the ocean these areas of high surface temperature and high salinity are found represented at all depths down to the bottom with a tendency to an extension of the areas with increase of depth it follows that the great mass of the ocean intermediate between the upper layers and the bottom largely exhibits the effect of vertical movements on the other hand on the eastern sides of the oceans whence the trade winds start on their course there is an upwelling of the colder water of the greater depths toward the surface these cold areas of a lower surface temperature and salinity are also continued down to the bottom with a tendency to an expansion of the areas with descent the ice-cold and nearly ice-cold water which occupies the bottom of the ocean in all latitudes necessitates a constant supply of water of a very low temperature from the surface of the southern and antarctic oceans and in a less degree from the subarctic ocean this slow-moving descent of cold water and its slow creep in the deeper layers and along the bottom of all parts of the ocean are affected on the one hand by the reduction in intertropical regions of the surface waters by evaporation and by the extratropical prevailing winds blowing the surface waters polewards and on the other hand by the greater densities of the ocean in high latitudes and the head of water accumulated there by the prevailing southwesterly winds of the northern hemisphere and the prevailing northwesterly winds of the southern hemisphere subsidiary causes powerfully influencing oceanic circulation are one abnormally heavy rainfall such as occurs in the west pacific two undercurrents of high temperature and density from the mediterranean and red sea three the causes leading to the extensive upwelling seen in the eastern pacific and in analogous positions in the atlantic and indian oceans which are closely connected with the supply of a portion of the water of the great surface currents from the deeper waters of these oceans and four the intertropical position of the line of lowest mean barometric pressure resulting in a temperature much higher in the north atlantic than in the south atlantic and much higher in the southwest pacific than in the north pacific the winds are in turn dependent upon differences of atmospheric pressure blowing from areas of high pressure towards areas of low pressure and it seems desirable here to direct attention to this aspect of the subject over the equator the air which contains much water vapor is heated therefore expands and ascends so that a belt of permanently low pressure occurs over this area all the year round in the temperate regions both north and south of the tropics there are large areas of high barometric pressure anticyclonic areas situated over the oceans practically all the year round out of which winds blow in all directions towards the surrounding regions where atmospheric pressure is lower for instance the trade winds blow into the equatorial low pressure area from both sides in these anticyclonic regions of the oceans calms and light variable winds prevail and this necessarily implies vast ascensions of air setting towards them as upper aerial currents thence slowly descending to the surface of the sea to take the place of the air passing out as surface winds the result is that in these regions the air is relatively very dry evaporation is very great and the specific gravity of the surface water is high not only is the barometric pressure in these anticyclonic areas usually very high but the oscillations of the barometer are very small 
Thus, the Challenger observations in the anticyclonic areas of the great oceans showed in the South Pacific in latitude 35 degrees south a difference between the morning maximum and the afternoon minimum of only 0.036 inch. In the North Pacific in latitude 36 degrees north, this difference was only 0.025 inch or less than a third of what occurs near the equator. In the South Atlantic, the difference was also 0.025 inch, while in the North Atlantic, it was only 0.014 inch. The air filling the central portions of the anticyclones is relatively immobile and probably contained fewer dust particles than elsewhere. It will therefore be less cooled by nocturnal radiation and less heated by solar radiation, and the change of the aqueous vapor from the gaseous to the liquid state and vice versa will also be less than elsewhere. The effect of the Earth's rotation on a body moving on its surface is to cause it to deviate towards the right in the northern hemisphere and towards the left in the southern hemisphere. The winds are therefore deflected. The trade winds in the northern hemisphere blowing equatorwards from the northeast and in the southern hemisphere from the southeast, while the winds blowing polewards from the anticyclonic areas of temperate regions become westerly winds in both the northern and southern hemispheres. The alternate heating and cooling of the continental masses in summer and winter result in the formation of regions of low pressure in summer and of high pressure in winter over the interior of great continents. In the northern summer over the interior of Asia, the pressure is low, cyclonic, and winds blow in from the surrounding oceans. The southeast trade wind of the Indian Ocean is thus deflected and becomes a southwest wind called the southwest monsoon. In winter, the pressure is high, anticyclonic, over the same area in the interior of Asia, and winds blow out from the land, strengthening the northeast trade wind, which is called the northeast monsoon. The permanent winds are thus influenced and their direction altered in the northern part of the Indian Ocean, and similar effects, though not so marked, are found in the neighborhood of all continental masses. In the Great Southern Ocean, the expanse of water is practically unbroken by continental land, and the westerly winds blow regularly all the year round, like the trade winds. The belt between latitude 40 degrees and 50 degrees south is called by sailors the Roaring Forties because of the strength and constancy of these brave west winds, the barometer being permanently low throughout this region while all observations indicate that a permanent anticyclone rests upon the Antarctic continent to the south. In the anticyclonic areas, the movement of the air in the northern hemisphere is in the direction of the movement of the hands of a clock, clockwise, and in the southern hemisphere, in the opposite, counterclockwise direction. End of section 11.